What is up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of the Primetime Patriots podcast. Today I have with me Lucas Thompson, who is also my husband. And we've been getting a lot of questions about the impeachment of Donald Trump, um, what that means for someone who's not still in office, and just the overall validity of what it is. So... I'm going to hand the reins over to Lucas, and he's going to kind of explain this to you guys in a way that would make you understand and help you understand what the impeachment of Donald Trump actually means. Lucas? Hey, everybody. First of all, thank you, Kaylee, for having me. Um, I can't tell you how excited I am to see what Primetime Patriots is doing. I think this is a, a fantastic time for Patriots to come together to grow in their knowledge of history and and constitutionalism and politics and all the things that are going to help grow the popular nationalism America first um, platform into the future. So thank you for having me here. Impeachment. First of all, I want to make sure that it's very clear to everybody what the word impeachment means and where it comes from in this context. So impeachment in this context literally means to charge. It doesn't mean to remove, it just means to charge. So very similar to an indictment, um, you know, or any other charging document in criminal law, it's the exact same idea. It comes from Article 2, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution, and I'm just going to read it quickly because it's a short section. It says, The President, Vice President, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. So in the context for today, the key um, phrase in that sentence is be removed from office, shall be removed from office. So as you should know by now, Uh, Donald Trump cannot be removed from an office he no longer holds. So um, let me give you a little history, a little context of the impeachment in the last 50 years, um, how it's been used. So we know that Donald Trump was impeached already once, uh, and he was tried in the Senate, and he was acquitted. So he was not removed. Um, Prior to that, The last time that there was a a question of impeachment and potential removal was with President Richard Nixon. Um, You you may, I'm not going to get into deep history with with what happened with Nixon and Watergate, but I will tell you that after um, the Supreme Court ruled that Nixon had to turn over tapes that incriminated him, the House Judiciary Committee put together articles of impeachment and they were prepared to take them to the floor for a vote, um, which would have led to Nixon's impeachment. And Nixon was told by the leadership in the Senate that he would be convicted. And after he was told he would be convicted, obviously he resigned. So technically, Richard Nixon was never impeached. His resignation, his removal from office, uh, subsequently meant to all parties involved that he could not be impeached. So the impeachment died in the House Judiciary Committee. 
So this time around, Donald Trump is no longer president, yet the impeachment moved forward. Not only has it moved forward, but Nancy Pelosi intends to send the articles of impeachment to the Senate for trial uh, on Monday. Uh, Chuck Schumer has stated that he intends to begin the trial next week. So hopefully that's a pretty good summation and explanation of where we're at. And now I'll kind of shift gears into where I think we could be headed. Before you do that, could yeah, you ahead. explain to our listeners what... Okay, so you said Donald Trump uh, was impeached, mm -hmm. but then he was acquitted. Can mm -hmm. you explain what that means? Yeah, ex absolutely. Great question. Um, so I want you to think about the crime shows you've, you've seen in your <laughs> time alive. Basically, it goes like this. Criminal does something... He gets accused of doing something, and then he gets charged for doing something. Right. Typically, then he's arrested, um, and he begins his trial process with an arraignment or some kind of explanation of his charges. And then ultimately, if it gets all the way to it, he'll go to a trial, mm -hmm. and a jury of his peers, or sometimes a judge, but most often you've seen a jury, a jury will then decide during the trial, whether he is guilty to the criminal standard, which is beyond a reasonable doubt. If he is found guilty by a unanimous jury, then he'll be punished. If he is found not guilty, then he is acquitted, which basically means he's found not guilty. So the Senate does the same thing. Um, they have to have... Um, I believe it's two-thirds of the Senate, which I think is, what, 67 senators? I may be wrong on the number, but I think it's 67. Um, 67 senators have to... Why do I think it's 60? It's 60 or 67. It's not the point. It's more than a majority. So it's more votes than there are currently in the Senate to find Donald Trump guilty. Um, but whatever that number is, I think it's two-thirds, they would have to find him guilty at which point he would be removed <laughs> from office. So the first time around, I think there were maybe 50, maybe 49, 50, 51, somewhere, somewhere right around the, the middle that found him, quote, guilty, unquote. And that was not enough to uh, hold him accountable for the charges in the impeachment. So he was technically acquitted or found not guilty based on that vote. Perfect. Thank you for answering that because I know we have heard that word quite frequently lately, um, but I just wanted to make sure that we covered, you know, kind of the definition in a, in a term that all of us that didn't go to law school could understand. So I appreciate the clarification. Um, so now I kind of want you to just talk about uh, what Trump's legal team, what their options are moving forward, and then kind of just your opinion on, on what you think they're going to do uh, moving forward with this impeachment, the second impeachment. <laughs> yeah, so first of all, I did, while you were saying that, I looked it up, it is two-thirds, so that'd be, what, 67, I think. Um, 67 senators would have, to hold, would have to find him guilty. The current split, if you don't know, is 50-50, Democrat-Republican. Assuming that the few Republicans who have a stated grudge against Donald Trump um, voted to 
uh, find him guilty. You're still only looking at at most probably 53 or 54. So if it go if so, path one is it goes through a trial just like the first impeachment did. Um, it's interesting because the typically the the uh, chief justice of the Supreme Court, who is currently John Roberts, mm-hmm. would preside over the uh, impeachment trial, but he has stated that he is uninterested in doing so, which is an interesting thing for him to say. Now, I don't know that he has said that publicly, but I think that's been reported somewhere that that's his feeling on it. But he he should preside over the trial. Um, the trial should be fairly quick and, and brief because there were only so many people who spoke at the rally that, that Trump had on the 6th. Um, they would present evidence that the words said or or whatever they have somehow incited the um, riot that took place. Donald Trump would his his legal team would rebut that evidence with their own evidence. And like I said, it's extremely extremely unlikely that that vote would be to quote, remove Donald Trump from anything, unquote. So I think that it would end in another acquittal. So that's path one. Path two, which has never happened. There is no precedent for it that I'm aware of, but it's very clear to me as a lawyer that it's the path I would take first because it's the path that civil attorneys take in almost every case they have. And that's called a motion for dismissal. So basically the way this would work is um, Donald Trump's legal team would draft a a petition to the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court would have jurisdiction over this case. Um, They could go to a lower court, I suppose. Um, But either way, it's going to march up to the Supreme Court one way or the other. They would uh, move for dismissal based on the legal um, analysis that a president cannot be tried for impeachment when he no longer holds the office. I think the greatest precedent would be what happened with Richard Nixon. As soon as he resigned, the impeachment process ended. So presumably... um, with Donald Trump leaving office, the same would hold true. I think if he does that, if they take that path, the Supreme Court with its current makeup would very easily agree with him. And I think they would create a precedent, um, which they have the right under Marbury versus Madison to make um, conclusions and, and analysis of what the Constitution means and what it says. And since this is a constitutional process, they would have the right to determine what removal from office means. So that's path two. Um, there's a, a motion for dismissal, and a court, likely the Supreme Court, rules on that motion. Okay, so let's say, uh, figuratively speaking, um, they don't take path two, they take path one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Supreme Court rules that he cannot be acquitted, that he is guilty. 
What does that do for Donald Trump moving forward? Does that mean that he can't hold any office in the government again? Or does it have any weight because he's not already holding office? Okay, so if the trial goes through and if the Senate votes to find him guilty and he is removed from office, there is no precedent known that I'm aware of that would prevent him from running for election again. Now, that's that's another thing that's going to be hotly contested and debated. I don't think that it's worth anybody's time and concern right now because I don't think either path leads to that happening. I just there's it's it's beyond extremely unlikely. So, what I think is most likely to happen is there will be a motion to dismiss. Now, the motion may be made directly to John Roberts or whoever presides over the hearing. Um, It may be made directly to the Senate, and the Senate may vote on it, and then it may be appealed to the presiding judge, whoever that is, or justice, Um, or it may go directly to the Supreme Court. It's hard to say how that will work, but I think that motion will happen. It has to. Um, It just has to. There's there's too many questions hanging for that not to get answered. And I think his legal team is well aware that that needs to be answered. Either way, um, I'd say before the month end, or certainly before the end of the first week in February, we will have an answer to, to all these questions. Donald Trump, at, a, at the very worst, gets acquitted by the Senate, and we move forward. And I don't think any of this affects Donald Trump's ability to um, run for re-election in 2024. I don't think it affects his ability to hold any other office. And I think at the end of the day, it's kind of a moot point because again, this all comes down to removal of officers for treason, bribery, or high crimes and misdemeanors. Um, <laughs> I think it's impossible to say that anything that will happen over the next couple of weeks will result in a finding of, of guilt for Donald Trump. Okay, so I want to ask you one more question. Thank you for clarifying all that because I know um, just it, in our Facebook messages, in our, in our email, um, we're constantly getting questions about the impeachment of Donald Trump and what that means moving forward. So I'm glad that you covered that for us. Um, in a way that we can all understand it because I don't have near the knowledge that you do. So I appreciate that. My only other question that I have for you today is what we get, we often get asked, what, what should we do moving forward as American citizens, as patriots, what is your advice for everyone out there who is kind of, you know, we're just, we're kind of floating right now because Things didn't really pan out how we expected. You know, we're kind of like in shock a little bit still, but we're also, I feel like a lot of people are ready to take action in some way. So what would be your recommendation as an attorney um, for people to do moving forward? So fantastic question. That's the number one question I get asked on social media, um, in person, so on. Listen, in 2008, we ran, the, the Republican Party ran a candidate who I did not approve of. I was not a fan. 
of John McCain's. I thought he was a terrible candidate. He reminded me of Bob Dole. Um, I thought there was zero chance he could beat Barack Obama. And it was like, what can I do? I have no control over this. I see the wave coming. Um, I think it's going to be terrible for racial relations in the United States because of the way that Barack Obama looks at uh, anti-racism and his, his idea of racial justice. And it was scary because I thought, we're going to lose our country, right? And that was 12 years ago. So here we are um, on, the, on the heels of the beginning of a movement that I thought would never gain traction. This populist movement within the Republican Party that has the establishment Republicans scared to death, I never thought would be mainstream. Putting Americans first, American workers, the backbone of this country first was something I've been screaming from the rooftops for 20 years. And I never thought it would gain traction. And here we had this billionaire uh, businessman who I personally don't think is a great orator. I don't think he makes his cases very well all the time. Um, but he does what he says he'll do. He, st he stood up for American workers first. And he made a message that has resonated with me for years, mainstream. So what's the next step for us? The first thing I would encourage all of you to do, and I know Kaylee, you're doing this right now, is learn as much about what's going on as you can. It's very difficult to engage people if you don't have the knowledge to share with them, because that's what people want. They want to know, just like we did on this podcast, what's happening, what's the next steps, what's, how's this going to pan out, what are the options. Well, <clears throat> I'm not special. I've just learned this stuff over the years, and I, I, I just keep digesting more and more information and knowledge every opportunity I get. So the first thing I would tell you all is, if you want to keep this America First movement going, the patriotic um, Make, Make America, America Great, Great Again, Again. Yes. movement going, keep learning. And then on the back of you learning, you can engage people. And engaging people, I know Kaylee's dad was not, <laughs> not into politics at all. But the more Kaylee learns, the more she engages, the more he engages. And not just him, but other family members, other friends, people who had no interest in politics or you know presidential elections or any of that are showing <laughs> not even a renewed interest but a first time interest right and i know you people out there listening are are thinking the same thing you know people who were never interested till donald trump came along i mean donald trump grew the electorate for the republican party for president by a minimum 15 million votes 15 million voters. That is a huge amount of growth. If you truly believe that some of Joe Biden's votes were fraudulent, and I'm not talking about dead people voting or any of that. I'm talking about unsolicited, unfettered mail-in balloting and numerous other statistical irregularities. If you believe that and you cut his 80 million votes down to I don't know, 70, 
maybe Donald Trump won. Right. Now, I'm not saying that in terms of trying to create some kind of conspiracy theory or trying to further the idea that the election was um, illegal or, you know, that anything's going to change from where it is right now. What I'm saying is 15 million voters from the last election is a huge amount of growth. If we can keep that kind of growth going, then (laughs) the sky is the limit for this message. And the only way we do that is if we all continue to learn, continue to grow, and continue to engage. The left is authoritarian-minded. They have no interest in debate. They have no interest in discussion. They want to shut us down, period. So if we continue to learn, we continue to engage, and we continue to debate, that's how we win. Elections have consequences. It starts locally. We have to win House races in two years. We have to win Senate races. If we can win Congress back and then win the White House in 2024, everything changes. Thank you for that. You guys, I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast. It's been something that's been on my radar for a long time. Um, I obviously, if you cannot tell, have an extremely intelligent husband. Um, he has not done enough, in my opinion, to um, to get his voice out there and let people listen to what he has to say. He knows what he's talking about. And so, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank him for agreeing to come on here because I know that it's going to, you know, it's going to touch you guys' lives to hear him speak. It's going to give you hope. And I can promise you this will not be the last time that you guys hear from him because I'm saying so. (laughs) We thank you guys so much for joining us today. We will be posting another podcast soon. Please, please, please share this. Get this word out there. God bless you all and God bless America.